Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show all about everything mysterious, unexplained, and cryptic in the world. Today on the show is the first part of a two-part episode concerning an interview I have with TD on demonic possession, among other things. TD is a musician and a lifelong esoteric paranormal investigator. And this is the first time that TD has ever like told his story of one of the most profound and life-changing series of events that he has ever had in his life. It's an excellent conversation that's extremely fascinating, so let's just hop right into it, shall we? I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. This is, this is the way. This is the way. These, these entities, they would congregate. Now is the time to take risks. Hello, listeners. I am here with TD, and we're going to have an interesting conversation today. TD, what has brought you to Cryptic Chronicles? Um, I can't remember who it was, but someone I was speaking to on uh, one of the Discord channels I'm a part of first linked me to your channel. And after watching a few of the episodes, I really enjoyed it. I liked the amount of work you were putting in for you know the size of channel you are a lot of channels can be very lazy with their content and stuff but i feel like you always went very in depth with your topics and i really enjoyed your videos so i subscribed to the patreon of course and yeah i've just been enjoying the content ever since shout out whoever plugged me i can't remember who exactly but yeah very big fan of the content right on thank you that means a lot to me um but today i think you have some interesting things to tell us about esoteric topics yeah, correct. So throughout my life, um, I got, I, I live in England, so I'm from England. I'm 21 years of age, but um, throughout my whole life, I've been kind of faced with a lot of the paranormal, the occult, the esoteric. Um, I grew up in quite prevalent areas for witchcraft back in the day when it was happening. And that stuff's obviously very much passed over into modern time. And feel like I could share quite a few of these experiences as whether people believe it or not, just in terms of general psychology and in being safe and your own well-being in life. Even if you don't believe in the paranormal and occult, it still is something that can affect you in ways that a lot of people don't think still exists nowadays. So, yeah, I'll be sharing a bit of what's beyond the veil. There is a pretty big psychological aspect to these things, isn't there? Definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing I try to explain to people is, uh, you know, I tell quite a lot of people my stories because it, it affected me greatly. And it's something that almost consumed me completely. And whether you believe that these spirits and these entities are real or not, the psychology of it all is very real. You know, whether you believe this per a said person is possessed or under the 
influences of mental health such as schizophrenia often they they do combine and even if the ghost itself may not be real the paranormal that the 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 paranormal still affects the mind in great psychological ways does a lot of damage to people and it's uh, i think one of the big big errors in modern day science is the disconnection between metaphysics and medicine and i think that's doing psychology great harm nowadays because all of those paranormal aspects that a lot of people with mental health experience get brushed off and shoved aside but they often go hand in hand, whether it's real or not. It, they both have huge effects on each other. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty like objectively factual, like according to a lot of esoteric uh, factions and whatnot, that the what happens in the mind is just as real as what happens outside the mind, right? Exactly. I mean, one common example I, I tend to refer to to people when they say, oh, you know, you got a cool story, but it doesn't sound real. Oh, I, th I think you're making this up or don't you think it's just your brain? And, you know, sometimes I agree and I will say, yeah, it could very well be my brain. There are people with conditions such as phantom pain, which lead them to live completely disabled and debilitating lives through chronic pain that comes about only by form of the mind. It's a psychology, like a psychological condition that directly results in the body having physical pain. So again, like I said, many people, they may not believe that these ghosts and stuff are real, but they need to at least appreciate and respect the facts that a lot of people's brains have the power to produce these effects. And again, they, they, they affect each other equally as much. It's like a, a nuclear reaction when mental health and the paranormal start combining but the brain is a very powerful and fascinating thing that's for sure it can alter reality in in quite profound ways yeah and i mean if you're being like objective and non-biased too if you if you keep up with like quantum physics and stuff like what only four percent of the universe is actually perceivable by our senses so how can you how can you say that you know something exists or doesn't exist or make these claims when that's just objectively wrong? Exactly. Um, that was a very good point there. That's for sure. Because um, I mean, just the observable universe itself, like you said, we only see four percent, which isn't even a side of the cube. That's we're seeing one tiny fraction, and even with the visible light spectrum, I believe it. Although we see such a wide array of colors, I, I'm not sure of the exact figure, but it, we don't definitely don't see 100% of the visible light spectrum, um, and let alone all the x-rays and all these other things that can be perceived, um, just not by the ordinary naked eye. I feel like some people definitely do see more than what is said. Um, but also going on to quantum physics, um, this is uh, one of the topics I studied quite deeply, and I'm happy you brought it up because I will tie a lot of my scientific outlook as a scholar of science. I I've graduated from college for chemistry, physics, and maths, but chose instead to go into music and other things. However, a lot of my analysis of my situation and events that have happened in life, I do have a somewhat scientific explanation for too. And especially in stuff like quantum physics, string theory, a lot of events that may be perceived as unexplainable, if you apply a bit of knowledge of 
you know quantum physics um you can you can find some answers um yeah let's start from the beginning is there anything that led you to breaking free of the matrix essentially like um to wake up from the false reality that mainstream society kind of clings to and see the greater world as a whole like is there any one situation that kind of woke you up or was it like a cumulative over years so for me it was it's been very much a a a lifelong goal only set into action in the last half a decade the last five years um so when i was born um i i sustained some injuries to my head as soon as i was born um and i as soon as i was born i suffered greatly with my mental health i was a i was a very nice child but i was a very distressed and angry child um i i suffered really bad with my adhd um slightly on the spectrum for autism as well so it's a gift and a curse in a sense having these things because i never really had especially in my early days of school no sense of friendship no real sense of community i was very much an outcast where i grew up um and it was horrible growing up but in a sense it blessed me because i never really felt the need to go with the societal norm um and i never really expected myself to follow into this you know as a lot of people assume the matrix um and to go into that sort of set process of life to live work marry and die i i because of my upbringing because of how i was treated i that never appealed to me i never felt as though i wanted to be part of that but for many years i did try as most humans do you know we kind of ignore our brains for as long as we can but it wasn't until i finished college when i was 18 it started when i started college when i started getting that freedom you know you're allowed to smoke cigarettes and stuff now and you can drive and you, I, I started realizing the world was kind of at my fingertips with these phones and although i was a gifted scientist and on my way to study medicine my love for music just superseded that in a sense i started it at the beginning of college but as my music took on more traction and a lot of people were admitting you know we genuinely like your music something i thought people would never say i'd done music for fun at first i i didn't think it was a way out for me i i felt a slave to the matrix almost you know a lot of people don't see a sort of escape but i just gradually worked bit by bit and you know the more work i put in and the more results i received the more i realized i don't have to depend on the system anymore for my mental health, for my physical health, for my source of knowledge, I can go about this independently. So it was mainly once I'd left college, 18, that was it. I left my job. I, I left my studies. Uh, I went on to, I started living at my friends' houses. And it's a rough process at first. I think a lot of people don't appreciate how much they're going to have to change, lose and sacrifice in order to live a free life and become a free man and to escape the matrix in a sense because as much as it keeps us held there are a lot of things about the matrix that we love a lot of things that do benefit you a lot of people you know and love are wrapped up within it so it was a slow process like i said it was over the course of my life i kind of made the means to escape 
But it was after my leave from college that I finally went, no, you know, I can make this money myself. I can make it work. And I've just been, I do whatever I can to get by, really. I've, I, I do quite well with my music. I've got a lot of side hustles that I use in order to get me through the month. But yeah, that's kind of an overall view how. But anyone that's wanting and feeling like they're trapped, just a quick message is just do it. The world's at your fingertips and you can start again as many times as you need to in life uh it doesn't matter what you've done wrong what's gone on if, if you use the universe and its tools the world's at your fingertips you you know it's impossible it's impossible to go broke only if you believe you will discipline is freedom is there any like one particular specific like maybe paranormal incident that happened that got you interested in demonology and like the weirder side of the world so like I was explaining shortly at the start, um, the place I grew up in is called Nap Hill. Uh, it's in the Surrey, uh, in the town of Woking. Now, Surrey, Woking and Nap Hill all have quite heavy occult past, quite a dark history to where I grew up, um, where effectively the oldest and largest mental asylum in the united kingdom is basically the grounds we lived on as kids and not only that my house was also on the first oldest and most heavily used crematorium in the united kingdom so just living in this place you're f when you walk about alone at night as a kid you feel the dread there's just this pungent scent of death not not a literal smell but to the senses it's just an unpleasant place to be and i didn't obviously come to understand these facts until later on in life that so once the asylum was closed due to inhumane treatment of patients they were effectively keeping generations of families kept in not even letting their kids leave and all these people left and kind of situated as the population of Nat Pill. Nat Pill being called Nat Pill because it's short for kidnap, a place where children used to be killed, sacrificed, and eaten in pagan rituals. That's a very hidden past. I'll try pull up some resources that I have on that, but it's it's all very rocky. The the UK tends to cover up a lot of its dark past. So as a kid. I was surrounded by these concepts of death. I, like I was a different kid. I had ADHD, obviously. Um, I have c quite a high IQ. So ADHD and high intelligence is something that meant I never slept. I was constantly studying. So as a kid, I had an innate interest in death because I lived on the grounds of where thousands of people come every week to spread their family's ashes. And we could see them do it from the park we were in. And not only that, it's got such an old nature and history of witchcraft that, for example, I was six years old when I first got taught how to read tarot by my friend's mum, who was openly a witch. So just growing up in this place, folklore, witchcraft, demonology, ghosts, all that stuff was very real from a young age. And as much as I was terrified of it, I would because I had in, uh, extreme insomnia due to my ADHD and quite a strict dad, South African dad. I'd have to go to bed like seven, eight p.m., but I wouldn't sleep till four or five in the morning. So I'd sit with a little head torch or a flashlight, 
and I'd just read through books. And I, I used to love reading into ghost stories, but they terrified me. And I had a lot of weird experiences in the house I grew up in, never with one particular spirit, but being a place where ashes are scattered, a lot of souls get lost in that general vicinity. And my friend kind of reminded me about the first sort of experience we had is um, my dad used to always tell me I was having night terrors. So I never believed any of it. But I think it must have been I was probably about eight years old. The first I can remember was me and my friend both seeing someone moving through my room, my TV coming on, producing large amounts of static. We freaked out. We were trying to smash the TV. We were trying to unplug the power. Nothing would turn it off. And we were both terrified. And then my dad come in. All of the weird stuff stopped. And we were told off for being up outside our bed. Thought we were lying. And now events like that happened quite a lot for me throughout growing up. Strange events. Like they used to, me and my friend... It would happen a lot with my one particular friend. We would see this little girl in the house and we'd play with her and we'd see her in the garden. She'd like, we'd get these weird objects just appear in the house, like weird smiley face balls would get thrown through our window and stuff. So those were kind of the first sort of general experiences I had with ghosts, the demons, witchcraft, you know, whatever it may be. It was very, very embedded in us from young in the place we grew up. It's a very, a very prevalent force. That's pretty creepy. So your first experience was with a ghost walking through your room. Yeah. My first, uh, like I, my whole life growing up, I was always obsessed with these ghosts. And I had multiple experiences in my house, but I had very skeptical family, family that didn't want to believe uh, not only that one of the main places i spent my so that the house i lived in was built with timber from a shipwreck that was somewhat 600 years old and wow. the other house the other house i lived in with my grandparents it was the first manor house built in a very very prominent village near london um and it was built in 1650 so as a kid, I was surrounded by these very old places, places with very dark pasts, um, like witches were burnt in the garden of that house, hung from the trees and stuff. And as a kid, I'd see it. I'd go to my family. I'd be like, there's mother, you know, the, 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 the mum, there's people hanging from the tree. And they're like, what? This kid's crazy. That sounds like uh, some pretty know. scary stuff, man. Is there anything that you find like truly frightening about any of that in particular like is like maybe certain types of spirits or demons um i think the scariest part was the number of different experiences so not being able to relate to any haunting experience because a lot of people they experience one spirit one force one entity because i lived in this place that was such you know thousands of ash bodies are being cast into the lake that i see from my bedroom window i'm having all these weird experiences but the this i think the scariest time i had was about a period of a month i kept seeing uh shadow people in my room one thing you can invest in that does not lose value is gold and silver there is no better place to go for financial security than gold co Created A-plus by the Better Business Bureau, 
Get the free 2023 Gold IRA Kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Get your free 2023 Gold IRA Kit at goldcogoldkit.com. Goldco is a leader in the precious metals industry. From Precious Metals IRA to direct purchases of precious metal coins and bars, we partner with individuals seeking to diversify and safely grow their retirement portfolios. Allow Gold Co. to make your gold and silver investments easy, seamless, and secure. Our investment is in good hands. Chuck Norris, what? Oh, I'm recording. $30 off weed with code podcast? Did someone say $30 off weed with code podcast? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at Amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's A-M-U-S-E dot com. Is your brain always hungry? Do you have a mental appetite that often goes unsated? You may be suffering from hungry brain syndrome, a debilitating and sometimes life-threatening condition experienced by humans who require double, sometimes even quadruple, the amount of mental nutrition needed to sustain the general population. But now there's help. For years, our dedicated team of world-class researchers have been developing a thicker, more nutrient-dense podcast specifically for sufferers of hungry brain syndrome. And now we want to share it with you. All you have to do is search for our podcast, The Whole Rabbit, in your podcast player of choice and select from one of our delicious flavors like Slovenian succubi, Gnosticism, or Ancient Egypt. It's no wonder The Whole Rabbit is the most recommended treatment for hungry brain syndrome on the market. So what are you waiting for? Try The Whole Rabbit today. Do not listen while deep sea diving. Side effects may include eating carrots and shooting lasers. But I had quite a strict dad. He, my family were all atheists, completely atheists, didn't ever want to hear anything about, no, it's your head, you were sleeping. So that was the, the scariest part for me was having these shadow people in my room. It got to the point I was felt as if I was being sexually assaulted by them, physically assaulted, but oh no gosh. one believes you. Yeah. And that's the scariest thing is, am I crazy? And that's just a question I had in my head which is the last thing you want to be thinking as a child is how can I discern reality from what's in my head? And so it was when I had a really scary experience of, I must've been 13, 14 years old. I remember my cat basically getting thrown at a wall. Um, a lot of stuff banging around in my room and just seeing this shadow dashing about all the lights blew, even though they weren't on. And I just rolled over in bed and I don't know what got into bed with me, uh, but it was weird. I, uh, it was, it was, it was horrifying. And like I was saying, no one believes you as a kid. So it's, is this real? Am I what even do you think awake? People are. Am I dreaming? There's many different things they could be attributed with. Um, I think the most logical explanation for me is jinn. Um, so the Arabic belief in spirits and demons, mm. just because their accounts, description, and overall belief in how they function is so accurate. 
and I grew up um, not only in Woking and all those other places I talked about, it was the first mosque in the UK. So the first Asian community settled there. Um, so I had many, many friends who were Muslim. I've spoken to many different scholars of Islam and their description was the most accurate of that. These beings are a being, they exist on the same plane as us, but in a realm we can't see. And they're not, they have their own function and role within the universe. And they're not always out to harm and get people. However, I think sometimes those worlds can sort of cross and combine, especially when you get to these places of like where I was living, where I'm on the grounds of all these occult sites and a, a big crematorium that I'm living on the grounds on. I think these places give a lot of energy and magnetism allowing for these realms to sometimes be seen. So I believe they're, they're, I believe they're very real things. They have their own function and play in the universe and they're not meant to just solely get humans, but due to either the human invocation and manifestation or through the situation or an object they may be holding that these kind of energy portals or resonances in energy can lead to us seeing what isn't normally perceived especially because when scary stuff happens you get a huge surge of like huge surge of adrenaline which when you get a lot of adrenaline if anyone here knows if you've seen something scary paranormal or a near-death experience <laughs> it's like a high and That's, i feel like yeah, that totally. all together opens up those sort of gateways for you to perceive I think that the gateways too, I was going to ask you, um, like with all the occult energy that was built up in the energy, like in the area, I mean, with all of those rituals over the years. And then on top of that, sanitarium, crematarium, that's like a perfect storm of like mental energy of like negative, not necessarily exactly. negativity, but just like messed up weird energy vortex probably that could like really yeah, lead to some bizarre manifestations. I mean. Yeah, and I believe a lot of these energies reside, and with all this stuff that went on, it's given Woking. It's it's kind of a feel that I don't. It's it's like there's an invisible barrier when I go to visit my hometown, and it's not just me. It's I I bring a lot of people from outside of Woking there, and everyone says the same. That it is, and even the people living there, they're like almost trapped in a way. A lot of them don't like it there. And it's like this invisible barrier. It's like this fog just sets on you once you get a certain distance. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the craziest part is once I started pursuing the answers to what I was seeing, that's when it, it definitely made it all, all come along a lot stronger. I've always been pretty fascinated in Jin lore. Like uh, they're made of smokeless fire and... Um... They're not all evil, but there are definitely a lot of them that are evil and don't like humans. Yeah. Um, so I was taught about jinns through, like I said, my friends who were scholars of Islam or worth, um, you know, uh, just your everyday Muslim. Um, there's quite a lot of gang violence where I grew up. So a lot of the people I knew had quite dark pasts. Uh, one of them in particular 
he'd never had problems with gin. He was a good kid, but he went on to commit knife crime for a reason he couldn't really understand, couldn't remember the event, done something pretty horrific to someone. And I didn't want much to do with anyone who committed an act of violence on another human. It didn't sit right morally with me. However, I kind of felt this kid was more groomed into what he had to do than done it by choice. So I used to go and meet him. And that was when I had, I can see it was a true encounter with a djinn because that's from his faith. Obviously, I was mainly Christian, mainly focused on Christianity, but it, it they, they are very, yeah. It, I went to his house and this kind of djinn energy sort of come up over him. He just started opening up about the crime he'd done and how he felt bad about it and how he's seeing these things now. And me being curious as I'd seen my own side of what the gins were, he, I, you know, I implored more and he explained quite a few key things about them. One being that they manifest and form under trees. This is why people at night tend to get very disorientated and lost in the woods um i don't believe all trees are bad i don't believe all gins are bad but it's just an interesting one there you should tell me that gins lived under trees the like you said it's a smoke he used to say it's smokeless fire he said it's a form that isn't physical but it mm -hmm. physically manifests and so this gin would come and he'd get knocks on his door the door would just open. He'd kind of speak to stuff that wasn't there. And it was a freaky experience. In the end, I kind of had to get out because he was like talking to himself. And the gin was obviously influencing him because I could see, I couldn't see its form. He could, but I could see where it was moving because the door would open or something would fall off the shelf and he'd look and speak to it. And I was like, fuck that. I need to get out. <laughs> and then I went and spoke to my friend who studied Islam and yeah, he explained it as when there was, they, so it's like an alternate dimension in a sense, they believe that on the human plane, you have humans, but then there's like the jinn plane that also exists on earth, but it's a whole society. There are these jinn kings who have legion over multiple different commanders of other jinn there are like you said there are some jinn that are straight evil that you should never mess with um but in arabic culture it differs a lot because there's there's this world of jinn in a sense that they're all very much connected and it says Allah has sent them to keep us distracted and turn us away from God, mm. but not to harm us and take us over. However, some of them still do. But in Islam, they believe that the jinn are trying to lead them astray and they're trying to distract them from God. Um, and the jinn comes in manifest physical form to try and possess and take away that person from God. So it's almost like this whole race of beings. I used to get explained different kings, different hierarchies. See, that sounds there, like demonology right there. Exactly. And that's when I started drawing the ties of, okay, this is exactly like what I've read about the Goetia. It was almost completely uncanny to books like Delesaki, um, a very famous uh, medieval 
de- book on demonology. And it's not even just with Islam and Christianity. There are other religion, other cultural beliefs that all mirror this same pattern of there's this world we can't see that exists still on our plane but isn't visible to the naked eye and they all report of this hierarchy they all report of you know different traits different abilities just the parallels for me made me kind of think okay the name for a demon in islam's jinn and it's demon in english they're talking about the same pretty much the same thing maybe they they may give them different names and slightly different descriptions, but it was obvious to me that the same ethereal forces are manifesting across the globe, but obviously due to cultural differences are being perceived in slightly different ways and given different names. But um, with Goetic magic, there has been quite, especially in the occult, there's been quite a large merge of European and arabic folklore mainly due to the knights templar and obviously their crusades in the middle east and what they brought back so it's yeah it was clear to me that although we're on two different sides of the globe i think most humans are talking about the same hierarchy of whether it's a set of psych your psyche that can attack you or it is a demon manifest I, i i don't have the answers but it's true that there is a unique phenomena that multiple experience the same things worldwide. So there's there's something there. Yeah, and jinn lore is super ancient. It goes way back into old Arabia. It's it's not necessarily or directly linked to Islam. It was adopted by Islam. Exactly. I think some of the oldest sources I've studied uh, date back to 500 BC. Um, accounts of these thing called uh, sand jinn. Uh, there's like multiple reports of sand being able to move in the desert in the Middle East. And these go back for centuries, even like I was saying, all the way back to some of the earliest written accounts coming out of, I don't know about 500, uh, might be a bit too far back, but definitely predating uh, Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him. Oh yeah, by a huge degree. Yeah, and it's the same worldwide really. Before it was, I mean, in England, they were most definitely worshipping these these jinn. Um, the old pagan gods, it's, it's the same. If you look at paganism and all their spirits and their hierarchy and their gods, it again, just any polytheistic religion really completely mirrors another's perception of demonology. Whether they're all bad, whether you know they all have this horrible effect, I don't know, but especially in the West, it's very much become the the narrative that these are harmful beings but there's a lot of different perceptions on them worldwide yeah even the goetia demons are not necessarily all like evil and stuff i mean i'm sure from a christian perspective they're going to all be considered evil but some are just like forces of nature exactly and demon derives from the greek word daimon um or daemon uh and the daemon were the names given to what we now consider angels and demons. So they were originally one category, all the same. There wasn't a distinction between the good and evil between them. They were just demons. And that was the narrative enough for a long time. A lot of these um, spirits were considered angels, some considered demons. Uh, 
And even nowadays, in modern day Gnostic science, in modern day occult and uh, Goetia, um, you have like the Lesser Key of Solomon, for example, which is a book filled with demons. Most definitely, no doubt about it, you're going to get anything good from that book. Um, but then there's the Greater Key of Solomon, which invokes angels and archangels. However, some of those angels you don't want to mess with either. And, aren't going to bring about good things in your yeah, life. And aren't a lot of ways, angels well. are scarier than demons. Definitely. One thing a lot of people seem to forget nowadays is that God's the one you should really fear and his angels as well. Uh, that's something that through my experiences over time, I, I, I come to realize. Um, yeah, when when like hardcore occultists really want to screw somebody over or they want to do something bad or whatever to somebody, like curse them, not necessarily curse, but anything like that, they don't call on a demon, they call on an angel. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the thing. A lot of people have misunderstood the application of this. And in a sense, when you're practicing Goetia, it's a very unnatural thing any form of the goetia whether you're summoning an angel or not you're commanding forces that are way beyond your comprehension way beyond you what you should be doing in life you know uh i i've never been one to be i've never really heavily been into goetic magic i've used it when i've had to and under circumstances where i consulted many an occultist many a religious professor to ensure I was making the right choice. I think a lot of people nowadays, they find some book in the library and they think, oh, this is cute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summon an angel today and ask it for help in my exams. <laughs> and that's, that's just not going to end well. I think <laughs> that I, I, and the, the publicity that these books are getting, while the majority of the population sit and go, oh, there's, they're just books. There's no harm in that. Um, the main story I want to tell today revolving around a person who was affected by demons, it was through the use of these goetic books that she lost her soul. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, and that's one of the main reasons I want to come on here today is just to share as much as I can about what I know, because I know that there's a lot of people out there that dabble in this stuff, and I can't tell them to stop, but I can at least share my experiences and hope that they won't make the same mistakes as others have because whenever you're playing with spirits whether you believe it's real or not there have been many people that didn't think what they were doing would have any true real effect and did it for fun and have lost yeah. their lives as a result in truth it so, doesn't matter if they're real or not that's like a, a limited human way of thinking believing or non-believing it, exactly. doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah, and I, I, I don't have a gen, like with these gin, demon, angels, diamond, whatever you want to call them, I, I, they're, they're beyond human comprehension and universal understanding oh, at this dimension yeah. we're on. So people need to stop concerning themselves with understanding the nature of these forces. That will happen when you die and you pass over to them. It's almost and, like um, cosmic horror from Lovecraft. It, exactly it's like people are summoning these big cthulhu to help them so, yeah so with get this exam um, or something i remember yeah. reading this guy and he was saying he asked uh the the archangel camael what his real name was and what his real form was and camael said 
Um, I don't know if I can tell you what my real name is because I think you would need like 12 more vocal cords. Yep, literally. Um, the Enochian <laughs> tongue, so the described language of angels is, yeah, you can't speak that. You can't speak that. <laughs> it's it's such beyond comprehension. And even when if an angel ever... So I, I, I have seen the form of one angel, but it was because I... Oh, this was after many years working with this one specific entity. And the first thing it said was, do not fear because the, uh, this will melt <laughs> your mind. And it genuinely was like. And it's like a spinning uh, ring of yeah. eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, I saw it as this <laughs> anthropomorphic being made of spinning rings and eyeballs that was multicolored burning with a bright white light was grinning grimacely at me was the most terrifying shit i've ever seen but because that's I an angel that's one of them. the right way the angel's like yo chill it's good obviously he didn't speak like that yeah but don't worry about all my like, eyeballs worry. i'm not here to hurt you but this is how we look this is why you can't be with us all the time this is why you're on the human plane and we're up here because it's it's too complex for the human mind to to comprehend all we can do is give our analysis and share our experience of these beings that's why i like anyone who sees a, a an angel or something in the bible it's like their hair just turns white yeah trust that's that's one thing i had um <laughs> i got kicked out of church growing up i was a youth pastor for a few years but um my main interest was in revelations and reading about angels and spirits and jesus come on and demons and yeah, my my views once I found Goetia were not very accepted by the church. That that did ultimately lead to me leaving. Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. The show is sponsored by Blueberry, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout out. Go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. 
You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. And the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. yeah a lot of people even especially with christians um i don't think they realize the they give all the glory to god where these angels are all part of the firmament too they're all part of the celestial ladder yeah. that we we sit on there they aren't conscious entities they are the very framework that holds our reality they're like a together. computer program in a computer exactly it's it, it, you know one angel's a stick of ram one angel's a, a hard drive one angel's a cpu we need these beings to and then create going our along that line the the fallen angels or even the demons not necessarily the demons but they could be considered these programs that woke up yeah from it, some I, point I of view think that, yeah because that's one one thing that I always found like quite confusing about my studies of Christianity is so what would these fallen angels be? Cause it's, it's very much described what an angel is. You can quite easily discern its purpose through prayer, but then there's these fallen angel. Well, did they fall in a physical form? Did they fall in spiritual form? Are they literal bloodlines now being passed on? And I've met many occultists and many a person who claims to be of lineage of fallen angels. I've seen some pretty bizarre stuff. I've seen people physically shapeshift, not to a great extent where they've taken on a whole different form, but simple stuff like blinking sideways and having been able to dilate or slit their pupils at will. That's I don't spooky. know if that's just a party trick or if they are so-called from these descendants of fallen angel, but that's one thing that confused me because that's quite an interesting way to put it. Are they the programs that woke up? And if so, why are they being punished if all they wanted was free will? I well, think maybe it's like they were always going to wake up. I mean, there's exactly. nothing that is not God's will, right? I mean, if you're really looking at stuff objectively, nothing exists that is not God's will. So it was part of the plan well, all along. Exactly. And maybe maybe there could be some salvation for some of these fallen angels. Because again, like I, lo I, I see in my term, as I grew up, I, I saw fallen as a particular soul with, residing within a person. I believe the fallen now reside as lost people. Some that can redeem themselves, some that can't. Um, a lot of people talk about you know starseed awakenings and stuff like that my sort of oh, great awakening for me was realizing i've committed a more like a, a very great sin in the world beyond and i'm here to make up for it that was kind of what my life will revealed as is uh you're here to stop others from falling into the wrong hands um i believe that the fallen is more 
I, for me personally, and like I said, anyone can believe what they want because the Bible is it, you, everyone's own universe is their yeah. own. But for me, it's a, you, you, you make it to this celestial realm or you've been existing there and something's gone wrong. Either you've ignored your duty, turned from your duty, turned from God, or you choose to come here. And I believe it's because as much as we can't understand about anything from the realms above, they can kind of understand what we're doing here. But sometimes you need that human experience to truly learn from. Um, yeah. And I believe all these people who have prominent roles in society who tend to take on leadership roles, who are creative and do art and make music um, or go into politics and lead a country there's something unique about these people and that they all have a very large freedom of mind, quite a knowledgeable understanding of the unknown. Um, and I, like, I, like I was saying, I believe that a lot of, a lot of people are either, I, I don't know, like you mentioned matrix earlier. I feel like some people are just people. They haven't, they're not going to find God. It doesn't seem right to me. They're here to work. They're kind of like part of the simulation. They're like an NPC. Exactly. Um, I, and I see that with a lot of people. And it's not necessarily like a, a bad thing, but they're, they're definitely not the type of person that would listen to this podcast or oh, be yeah. able to understand it. So it's like, okay, what sets apart the people that have had this awakening and those who are still asleep? And I believe it is the realizing of the fallen of, oh, okay, I'm connected to these higher planes. Yeah, you know, maybe some fell and are trying to get back to there, or some have just been here and just come out of their NPC phase of human existence and are starting to wake up and connect with these divine forces. Um, it's quite an interesting one. The concept of the fallen is one that fascinated me. So I've done so much study into it, into the Bible. I think one interesting point with it, slightly going off topic, but it's interesting. Um, is it talks about Mars. There are quite a few things that point to Mars being the Garden of Eden. Um, and obviously it's the closest planet to ours. Was once inhabited with life, we can believe, because we know that there's ice lakes. Um, we know that there has been ice, which means there could possibly have been vegetation. Um, and it talks about in the Holy War, the Garden of Eden being destroyed and the people fleeing and falling to another place. So that's a, another interesting concept. That's interesting. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin also stated that there's uh, great pyramids on Mars too and obelisks on the moon and that they use them for, they use those for travel, not rocket ships. Just a little off-key point, but nonetheless still relates. Like but yeah, we're, I believe we're all here for some sort of reason whether we've we've done mistakes or we're just here to learn there's a definite sending or falling that happens when you descend upon earth something and people who come to realize that it, it definitely sets you apart in the overall scheme of things yeah i feel the same way you're mentioning that starseed stuff um so i'm like super fascinated with starseed stuff but at the same yeah. time like you know i don't really believe it or not believe it I just have an interest yep. in these things. Like they just have always called to me, I guess. So like, that's probably one of my purposes. Like you were just talking about, I'm just a chronicler. That's yeah. why. I... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, it's, it's a, 
it's a sticky one to explain because I think so there's obviously this realm of Damon. It must exist because it's been spoke about by every single culture, every single person. Not every person, of course, a lot of people don't ever see or experience it, but all these cultures and all our ancient history, whether they were linked, had people living or crossed over, they all have these separate accounts of this hierarchy of beings above us. So I believe them to be of extraterrestrial origin. This is where the whole ET stuff starts coming in of where, okay, are we being visited by aliens or are they angels? And what do these beings want to work from us? Um, a star seed is generally described as a being who is being helped from a higher plane by entities, specifically Palladian entities, I believe, um, from like the uh, seven sister star system. Um, they're apparently a, be- a group of light beings that want to help enlighten and push the world into its next stage of great awakening. But there's just too much inconsistency in that for me i don't really like the teachings of gaia it's all too modern day it makes sense for people it's a good way to teach people but i a believe lot of the people are we're dealing with it is the oh sorry what did you say a lot of, uh, a lot of the people are cringe who talk about that that's what i mean it and it's it for me someone who i've studied real esoteric stuff real mysticism since i was probably 12 years old i think i bought my first occult book from london it's disrespectful when these people who have had they've been awake for like two months and they've just got their first (laughs) book on astral projection and they try and talk down to me about these things and oh i'm being helped by this infinitely powerful light being it's delusional arrogance yeah (laughs) kind of seems to me like the gins have got to you bro so that's going off that i believe we're being helped by the plane of the daemon whether well, that's angels or demons they you said are something about gnostic lore earlier not in gnostic yeah. lore there's something called archons and as long as the archons can keep yep. you focused on the fake reality that's their job exactly and this is the thing that comes in with it so we're dealing with this reign of this realm of daemon which once you awaken you can't avoid anymore it's they're there they know you're awake they're going to come for you and you can either i feel like a lot of people who say they're having a starseed awakening i'm thank you for bringing up the archons because this is a topic i only just first studied a few weeks ago but it gave me a lot of insight for what i wanted to speak about today because i feel like a lot of people are sort of grabbed by these entities and they think they're seeing the light but they're having a torch shone in front of their face yeah, exactly. So go, a lot of people, they'll go and they'll have these awakenings. And I'm like, okay, how have you achieved this? What do you practice? And do they do some black magic and they do some weird rituals and love spells on people? And that thing gives them help and like telling them to look beautiful. And I, I've had some people have some real weird like i believe it is archons like so there's a there's a really easy test you can do to see if somebody's worth listening to or not concerning something like that is you ask them if they have like daily meditation practice if they don't have some sort of discipline of like meditation or anything like that 
Um, you could still listen to them if you're interested in their stories, but they don't have any yeah. credibility. Definitely. And that's that, that's the thing that annoys me is a lot of these archons, they capture the beings and they they flood them with these divine visual experiences. All these people talk about, oh, I've seen this in my meditation that I do once a month. And it's yeah, that's not how it works. We're not always yeah. supposed to be seeing these divine things and experiencing these divine things. And if you are. I strongly hope you open your mind to the fact that a demon is trying to possess yeah, you. Yeah, because it's the moral of the story, straight up. Yeah, a lot of these people, you know, and I even had it for a while too. Um, I'll, I, I will get on into a second about the main thing that taught me the most about the occult, which was with being with an extremely possessed person. But before oh, getting on to that, is, yeah, a lot of people, you need to discern what you, what you should never. In life, if you're not doing something, like you were saying with the daily meditations, I meditate daily. I do a ritual practice maybe three times a week. I read for about three hours a day. If yeah, you're simply learning everything you know from a phone, which is most definitely connected to this ethereal plane, just through artificial intelligence and the fact that a lot of these beings are electromagnetic and can only exist in that form... These phones are little possession tools. Like, well, yeah, if you're and a lot of people learning... don't know that you can thoughts themselves, the thoughts in your mind, they could be yep. these beings. That's one of the ways that they speak. Exactly. So if you can't control your thoughts, if you don't have a disciplined mind, they can do whatever you want. And they, you think that it's yep. your thoughts. A free game. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so I think this would be perfect kind of sort. I could sort of get onto the main brunt of the story i'd like to share because this yeah, totally. is a perfect point too, if you're happy for me to get started absolutely so when i was 15 years of age no 14 i so like i said i grew up in this very dark place i'd always been studying the occult i'd never practiced it i've always been a devout believer and worshiper of god a lot of people because of my beliefs tend to think i'm some sort of satanist or Doing black magic, I, I, I'm only part of Freemasonry and the Rosicrucian Order, and that was later on in life. But as a kid, I just liked reading about the stuff. Didn't necessarily know if it was real or not. I knew I was seeing ghosts, but at the same time, I was on Ritalin from a young age. I had psychologists telling me oh, it's side effects. So I never really knew for certain, but I had this general awakening coming about from a young age. I was studying always the pyramids, all these topics. And I felt I had something to know and achieve. Um, Abrupt ending. To continue the interview, go click on Teed, Demonic Possession, and The Paranormal in England Part 2.
That's all for today's episode. Make sure you go check out TD's links that I have in the details of this episode. Cryptic Chronicles is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and basically all podcast hubs. You look for us and we're there. Though Cryptic Chronicles is free to listen to, the cost to maintain it and produce it is substantial. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please go to my Patreon or subscribe star and buy one pledge of a dollar. You can get episodes months and months in advance. Though not the interview episodes, such as the one that you just listened to, I release them immediately. Depending on the pledge, you can also come and host the show with me, or you can just, you know, direct what episode you'd like me to do. By supporting the show, you will in the future make sure that I can make more and more content consistently, as well as keep the lights on. And as always, I'd like to thank my current supporters, MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Michael Worrell, Jimmy Woods, Grotius, Sophia Owens, Scott Wellman, Who Wear the Q, Ashley Thompson, Matt Poland, Johnny Wick, DeYale Adams, Danny Van Heck, Carnage, Jesse Leach, Austin Monday, Michael Graham, Ed Hawks, Trusty Old Senpai, Lex Lazarus, Brian Nolan, Jared, Matthew Lawson, Jismic, Spacecoin, Gary Hetzel, Tom McClurney, Colton Spinner, Justin, Miyamoto Musashi, Jeremy Gross, Psychic Terror, Jacob Neil McBride, Cameron Sanders, Robin Van Patten, Ryan L., Lee Gray, Rosalinda Gonzalez, Jonathan Jackson, Brandon Wigglesworth, Cody George, Annie Dadon, TD777, Emily Schmemily, Sphinx314, 61, and Dane Hagelson. Thank you so much for supporting the show, but, you know, most of all, thanks for listening. And as one of the most famous occultists who ever lived once said, Balance every thought with its opposition, because the marriage of them is the destruction of illusion.